Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to the episode of today. So in today's episode, there's so much going on. I cannot wait to just share all the content that I have. There's also a lot of content that are from the beans as well, and I'll go into that in one sec. But basically, this is kind of like the ultimate dating episode for my single beans. So I actually got together with Bumble, and we got kind of brainstorming and thinking, how can I bring kind of the ultimate episode around empowering you guys when you're single, whether it is that you just want to have fun being single or whether you want to find your person, how to feel confident in what it is that you want and how to go forth without feeling anxious, without knowing how to, you know, proceed, without feeling, you know, worried about things not working out or being like, how do you just enter the dating world and really not only feel confident in yourself and about dating, but genuinely how to enjoy it as well, okay? We're talking about how to make dating fun and how to make being single fun. I'm the hugest advocate for being single for many reasons because I feel like I just, I look back at my single life. There were times when I was single where I really wanted a partner and I was wishing away a lot of the time that I was single and those times I'm like, I kind of wish I didn't do that. And then when I really embraced being single and I thought, you know, this might not last forever. I could meet my, you know, person tomorrow and then that's it for my single life. So then when I had that that mindset, then I really started to enjoy my single life and I looked at it as something that could end at any time. So I had a lot more fun. I was a lot more lighthearted. Instead of wishing something away, I changed my perspective and I was thinking, you know, this could end at any moment. So why not maximize this time of being single? And now because I really was able to like sink into it and be in that single life and enjoy every day as if it was the last single day, I look back at those days now as some of the best times of my life. And in a healthy way, I kind of mourn aspects of it. Obviously, I love the relationship that I'm in and I'm super grateful and I, you know, wouldn't trade Tyrone for anyone. But I look at how free and fun and light it was. And I can look back with like, wow, that was such a fucking time to be alive. And I want you guys to feel that way as well. So we're going to be talking about, so just to kind of summarize, we're going to be talking about how to feel more empowered, enjoying your single life and even feel empowered to meet your person. Um, this is like if you're set on finding your person, here is also how to cut out the garbage and how to cut out time wasting and how to feel confident knowing what you want. Because that was a big thing. I put some questions out on my Instagram and there was a lot of people feeling that, you know, it they felt awkward admitting that they wanted to find a, their person, a partner, a long-term relationship. Um, we're also going to be talking about dating at this time of the year, the good, the the hectic, the, you know, it, it, whether it causes you anxiety, whether you get excited. It's, you know, th- this time of the year, it's, you know, it's the holidays, there's Christmas, there's New Year's, people are, you know, taking time off work. There's a lot going on. So we're going to be covering that. And also the fact that if you're in Australia, it's summer. This is kind of the time to get out there. It's so fun to be dating in summer. If you're in the parts of Australia that have daylight savings, I think it's even more fun because it's like the sun's not setting until 8.30, 9pm. I feel like it's just more of a playful time of the year in general. Um, so it's just a good time, I feel, all round. 
and I want you to really maximize that time. So like I said at the start of the episode, I have put out some questions to you guys asking about compatibility, the importance of compatibility. I also asked a whole bunch of questions around first date ideas and the response was great. So stay tuned for later on in the episode where I go over my top 30, 30, yes, three zero date ideas from the beans. And some of them are just absolutely spot on. And there's a theme that goes along with these dates. And I'm going to explain that theme to you after and why it's so brilliant. Um, so I think we should get fucking into it. The first thing I want to do is to address very, you know, I think it's important to address this time of the year. I think it can be very anxiety provoking for a lot of people who are single, especially if you don't want to be single or if you really, really want to be coupled up or if you're recently single and suffering because you're heartbroken or even if like you're the one that made the call or if you didn't, it's this feeling of everyone is kind of going away on holidays or, you know, doing Christmas together there. If you're on social media, they're posting about it and you're seeing all these, you know, people in love. And and not only that, not only are you exposed to all these happy people during a quote unquote, generally happy time of the year, you're also likely to be hanging out with more groups of people in parties, but also with your family at Christmas, at New Year's, all these times where if you're someone who is you know, the eternally single person, or if you've just been heartbroken, you're going to be kind of bombarded with all these questions of people kind of prying into your life and wanting to know, why are you single? When are you going to find this person? Are you planning on settling down? When are you? And it's a little bit intense if that's not what you want. So I want you to be able to look at this time of the year and instead of it being something that you're like, oh, this is where I'm going to be asked these questions I don't want to, we're going to turn that around in this episode. By the end of this episode, I want you to feel like regardless of where you're at, I want you to feel like this is my time, okay? This is my time to maximize, have fun, really enjoy it, really milk it for what it's worth and to make you feel empowered. I think when a lot of people look at dating, they think of especially if you've someone if you are someone who's experienced rejection it ends up turning into this thing of i hope this goes well i hope this person likes me take the power back it's not about that you're you're trialing them as much as they're trialing you okay you are you know vetting them as much as they're vetting you take the power back and be like i hope i like this person i hope i have fun you're not here to it's not all about pleasing the other person while you want to be, you know, find your match and have a good time. You've also got to look at it as, does this work for me? Don't try and work for everyone else. Ask yourself, is this also working for me? And when you're in that position, you stop putting people on a pedestal and you start seeing them more as your equals. We either work or we don't work. I'm not going to try and squish a square into a round peg. I'm just here, karma, not fixated on the outcome of it having to do well, but I'm just here thinking, does this work for both of us? Because if if someone's been rejected a lot, you're probably likely switching into this lack mentality where you're thinking, oh, I really hope they like me. And then you're probably hoping someone likes you when they're actually not a good match for you. And you're just, and then if they do like you, you're like, oh, well, that's good. At least this person likes me. And then you realize down the track, wait a minute, I've been fixating on this person just just because they like me and they're showering me with attention when in reality I need to kind of take them off the pedestal and see are we a good match? And then the beauty of that as well is it makes you more open to having better conversations and more interesting conversations with, with people if you see yourself as, you know, being on even playing field with everyone else that you are 
you know, dating around you. The next thing that I want to cover is how to know what you want. Okay. You need to be clear with yourself and really honest with yourself and ask yourself, what am I here for at this stage in my life? It's not to say that your mind can't be changed. Absolutely it can. But where you stand right now, what do you want? Be honest with yourself. Don't be embarrassed to admit that you're ready to find your partner, that you're ready to find your person. You can still be happy with your life. You can be fulfilled with your life and love everything about your life and still want to meet that person to share your life with. I think a lot of people have this kind of conundrum in their head where they think, yeah, but I want to be happy single, but I want a partner. So if I want a partner, that must mean that I'm unhappy single. So then maybe I can, I have to say that I don't want a partner and then I'm happy single. And it's this kind of war, but both can exist. You can, and I think it's very empowering to be able to openly admit what it is that you're open to receiving in your life. I, for example, when I was in that single era, I had this moment where I realized I'm no longer aversive to dating because I was burnt. I was a scorned woman for some time. And then I started like, then I shed that as I grew, as I healed. Then I started realizing instead of fixating on unhealthy relationships, I started becoming aware of all the really healthy relationships that were around me. And I started to appreciate it. And I started to be like, this is really beautiful. And so then my attitude changed and I realized I'm like, here I am. I'm going to milk my single life. I really love it. But I am genuinely, genuinely open to having someone in my life. And I could admit that. And when I openly admitted it, I remember I had a conversation with my mom probably just a few weeks before I met Tyrone. And I said, she goes, but are you open to dating? Is this something you want? And I said, you know what? For the first time, I can admit that I genuinely am. I genuinely would like that. And I'm so happy with where I am, but I'm ready now to find that person. But just not right now because I'm writing a book and I'm I'm just really busy. But after in a few months, for sure. And then, of course, I met Tyrone a couple of weeks after that conversation when I thought I wasn't ready. Okay. And, but I think it was mainly down to this energy of I was finally open to not only say it to myself, but to other people that I was truly in a really good place where I wanted to receive that. So if you're someone that has this war in your head, it's more than okay to say, I love being single and I love my life, but I want this. We're always wanting more. I always want more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. As long as you can still be really, you know, appreciative for what's there. And as long as you're not always living in the future, then I think it's healthy to always be striving for, you know, more or improvement or new things. That's perfectly natural to want that. Okay. And then another thing is that it's perfectly okay to be like, I just want to have fun. I'm just here for casual things. I just want to meet, like I've got one of my friends and she does dating so fucking well. Oh, need to get her on the podcast. And she's here for a good time, not a long time, okay? She's here to just, you know, dip her foot in the water and just like meet people, have good experiences, have fun. She's really just not in that zone of a relationship. It's not to say that if she found the person, she wouldn't date them. She probably would definitely be open to dating them. But her intentions when she enters the dating world is absolutely just to have a good time. She literally loves the whole dating thing, going on different dates, how the date evolves. How Like she loves it. She loves the first date. And I feel like there's a lot to learn from people like that because you can see that they're not here for this. They're not fixated on the outcome. They're here for the journey. They're here for the ride. So let's just get clear on what is it that you want because both are perfectly fine. Both are great and both are fine. But how you approach 
the dating is going to be maybe slightly different depending if you're looking for your person or if you're just looking to have a good time and have fun. And a lot of it comes down to transparency and being really, really honest, not only with yourself, but the people that you're interacting with when you are dating. Okay. So one thing that did come up with my listeners, with you beans on my Instagram, when I put out the questions was that people found it, like people said that they were concerned with how to have a conversation about wanting a relationship without coming across as being really full on. You know, people were like, someone even said it's really difficult in today's society, and that's a quote from someone, to just, you know, admit that you want a relationship and how do you even start that conversation? Because if you have that conversation on date one, then you look like some psycho who's really full on. Everyone's got to play it casual. Everyone's got to play it cool. And I think that it's really sad to enter it in that way because then you you feel like you're not being honest with yourself. And I think that you should be able to have that conversation early on. But here's how I would suggest you could have that conversation. Firstly, don't make it about them. Make it about yourself. Okay. For example, you could be saying things like, I'm now at a point, and this could be on the first date if you want. I don't think it's ever too soon. You could have it on your bio, on your Bumble app, right? So you could say, I'm at a point in my life where... I'm either in a relationship that has a future to it or I'm not in a relationship at all. You know, I'm not really interested in situationships where, where one of the two sees it as a temporary thing. So it's not to say, well, I need to know where you stand. I need to know where you stand because dating is really a test ride. You can't expect so much from someone early on. You have to give them a chance to get to know you so they also can determine if you're a good match for them too. So it's not like saying, you know, I need, you need to be serious. You need to be serious. Like how would they know yet? But I guess a fair request would be if you see that this is going nowhere, just let me know because I'm not here for a situationship. I'm here for someone who can see a continuous future in what it is that we're doing. That's a fair request. That's a fucking fair request. Because if someone's in a situationship and the other person wants a relationship and the other person is like, oh, let's keep it casual, it's because they don't see a future with you. End of story. And that's not a bad thing. You've just got to communicate that. Because two people might also be the same. Like there's a lot of people that are like, you're a good time. You're fun. We get along well enough, but we're just not each other's person, but we enjoy each other's company. It's fun. So a lot of people do enjoy this casual situationship and they might have several on the go. You've got to do what works for you. But the important thing is if you are not here for a situationship, you need to just tell them from the get-go in a really nice way. And it's about you. It's not about them. It's, I don't want to be played. No, don't say that. You've got to say, if you don't see this evolving you know, the moment you get to a point where you don't see this evolving further, just let me know because I can handle anything as long as it's the truth. Okay. It's simple and it's, it's attractive when someone can be clear about what they're here for and they're not putting it on you. They're not blaming you for behaviors. They're just saying, this is what I'm about. And then let's just learn about what each other's about. But I'm just going to be clear on this one thing. And that way you don't have to say, I'm here for a long-term relationship. What do you want? What are your intentions? What are your intentions? Then it doesn't have to be that intensity of that. Because if someone goes on a date and says, oh, I'm here to find a partner. I'm here to find a partner. And you're like, yeah, me too. So am I. And then they reject you. Then you're going to be like, well, was it me? Was it about me? Was it? And it's very personal. Like, I don't think you can expect someone to tell you what they want from date one but you can be honest with what you want so they can sit with that and think about how they want to proceed, okay? 
Another thing is when someone says to you that they're not ready for a relationship, it means that they're not ready for a relationship with you. And that is a good fucking thing. That is a gift. And you take that gift with both your hands and fucking off you go. There's no waiting around. There's no fucking around. There's no convincing the other person that you are a good match. I don't care if your mother's brother's best friend is now married to someone who said that to them at the start of dating and now they're a success story. They're an outlier. Okay. If someone says they're not ready for a relationship, believe it. That is their kind way of letting you down. Don't make it hard for them. Don't make it hard for yourself. Just accept that they're not ready for a relationship with you. And that is not a bad thing because a lot of the time dating, it's not you being a good person, you being a legend, you being funny, you being successful, witty, being a full package might just not be what floats the other person's boat. And it's not a lot of the time. It's not personal. It's personal if you're a fucking asshole, but if it's, if you're not, then it's not personal. It comes down to needs being met and compatibility. Okay. Um, and also I want to talk about the importance of feeling more confident in yourself if rejection happens slash when rejection happens, because I don't think it should be taken so personally. Like most rejections, especially if those rejections are early on, are about compatibility, which we're going to go into very, very soon. A lot of dating comes down to timing as well. When someone is ready in the right place and if the right person is in front of them, they're going to date that person, okay? So it comes down to is this person mentally ready and have they found someone who's compatible? You, They might be mentally ready and you're not compatible or you might be compatible but they're not mentally ready. So it's kind of like there's a few things that have to align. So I wouldn't look at it as something personal. And by not ready, you might be the most compatible person in the world, but this person's just been heartbroken and they don't see it. They don't see the compatibility. They don't see it. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I wouldn't wait either because I actually think that waiting around and fucking around when this person's head is with someone else actually ruins your chances in the future anyway. So you just let these people go on their journey and you go off on yours, okay? If you think that every rejection has to do with you, then you're going to give yourself a really, really hard time whenever you do put yourself out there again because you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a personal thing. You know, there, and then flip the tables around. There are, there's so many guys in my life who I've thought are amazing people, but I just never wanted to date them. And it's not personal. It's not like I can't pinpoint not because of this, this, this. There's just so many amazing people who I just would. And I'm not talking about guys that were wanting to date me. I'm talking about people in general that if I was to be asked, would you date that person? No. And it's got nothing to do with not thinking that they're a good person. And that's what I mean about not taking it personally. Like how many people out there who you adore would you just not date? And you are that for somebody else. It's not a negative thing. They just wouldn't date you because you're just not their person. Okay. So don't, you know, don't torture yourself thinking, what could I have changed? What could I fix? Because, you know, someone could be like, this person's a legend, not my person. And there's someone else around the corner being like, you as you are, you're my person. So try and just, you know, shake that need to, you know, have an answer with all that stuff. The next thing I wanted to talk about, and I think this is a really interesting one, is about compatibility. Okay, so I asked on my stories, I asked you guys, it was a poll, do you think compatibility in dating is important? Hundreds, probably thousands of you replied. 99% of you guys said yes, which is obviously no surprise to me because I genuinely believe the same thing. 1% said no. And a lot of, and then I said why or slash why not. And a lot of the people, you know, gave all these reasons, which I'm going to read out. But then I had a few people question saying, 
what do you mean without comp- compatibility? There's nothing. Like I had quite a few people kind of question why I would ask that. And I'm glad that people questioned that because I would imagine that a lot of the people who think, well, obviously compatibility is important, have fallen in love with people they're not fucking compatible with. So logically, we're happy to be like, oh, compatibility is so important. Without it, you've got nothing. I agree. Couldn't agree more with everyone who said that. But then they're the same people that will pine over someone just because there's crazy amounts of chemistry and lust or because they're, you know, the hottest thing that they've ever seen and they're so turned on or the sex is unbelievable and they just can't look past that. There's so many people who I have, well, I wouldn't say so many people, but there's definitely a, a number of people who in my past I've cried over and been heartbroken by. And then in hindsight, with a clear mind, logically can look back and be like, what the fuck? This person was not compatible. I was not compatible with this person. Not that they were a bad person, but we just were not a match. And then I'm like, no wonder we didn't work out. And I'm glad we didn't because there's so many things that just, it was not compatible. Yet here I was like pining over this person, so heartbroken, so in love. So it's funny that a lot of the people who like it, just statistically, I would imagine that a lot of the people who are like, yeah, of course, compatibility is important is probably either A, been heartbroken by someone who was not compatible or B, is currently has a crush on someone who deep down they know is not compatible. Okay. So I think it's important to remind yourself that love is not enough. Chemistry is not enough. It's, you know, it's all romantic to be like love conquers all. It does not conquer all when it comes to romantic relationships. And the reason for that is that there's a lot more than love that is needed for the building blocks of a relationship. So I think it's really important to value compatibility at a deeper level over lust and initial chemistry and butterflies. I've spoken about butterflies a thousand times and I think that initial butterflies are perfectly fine. It's a bit of anxiety. It's a bit of fear. You know, you're meeting this person, you're excited, you want them to, you know, you like them. But if butterflies go on forever, that's just anxiety. That's just like, this is a red flag. You need to feel calm with the person that you love, not nervous. Okay. And and when I talk about compatibility, I'm not talking about this need to like the same hobbies. While that's great, and I think there's a lot of benefit to enjoying the same hobbies because then that's, that is, you can do things that you love that fulfill you and it's quality time spent together. That's all well and good. But I'm talking about a deeper level of compatibility because it's perfectly fine and healthy to also date someone where your hobbies don't align. Tyrone and I, some of our hobbies align, a lot of our hobbies don't align, which is great because then he can go out, he loves to fish. I'm not a fan, but I'm like, great, go out fishing alone or with your mates. I love that for him. It makes him happy. He relaxes. And then I'm like sick and I go and do something else that I want to do. Or I relax at home and everyone, you guys know how much I love being alone at home. So it's just a win-win to have an even balance, especially when it comes to hobbies. So I wouldn't fixate on the hobbies, have a handful that you like to do, but I'm talking about the deeper things. I'm talking about the deep foundations of your beliefs and your morals. That's where compatibility comes down to. How do you run your household? How do you coexist together? How would you, if you choose to have children, how would you parent those children? These are conversations that, that where you learn about compatibility and maybe not on a first date, but these are the things where you ask them about their belief systems, where you ask them about what you think is appropriate or inappropriate in a relationship. This is a huge one. So many people 
are not compatible when it comes down to what they think is acceptable or unacceptable in a relationship. And this shit is first date conversation. The amount of people that I've fucking dated who are walking red flags because I never had this conversation at the start. And I think deep down the reason I didn't want to have this conversation is because I was probably knew the answer and just was avoiding it. If you are someone who is free and trusting and relaxed and you're not possessive, you cannot date someone who is the opposite. You cannot date someone who tries to control your behavior. Let me check your phone. Let me know where you're going. What do you mean you want to see that guy from work? Absolutely not. That's disrespectful to me. And these are the beliefs. These are deep-seated beliefs. And yeah, okay, you could be someone that's like, oh, but I'll change them. Good luck, for starters. But also it's we're talking about deep-seated beliefs that while – and this happens a lot of the time. People do end up dating people who they're not compatible on a on a how a relationship should be run basis. The people that do end up in those relationships that are not compatible have so much turmoil and there's a lot of difficulty and there's a lot of hard times because it's like it's there's so many clashes, clashes, fights, fights, upset, turmoil. It's just not healthy. Okay. So compatibility, I'm talking about on a moral level, how they treat other people, how they view the world, how they treat you in a relationship what they think is beha- is acceptable behavior within a relationship and what they think is not acceptable within a relationship get clear on those things understand what real compatibility is you know for me one of the things that instantly made me like oh green flag is how much of a gay ally tyrone was like that was like i just like oh my god obsessed like i love how he's just the most open loving person he treats everybody outside of who he knows with so much love and respect that I'm like, that's compatibility. Tyrone could be the biggest legend, but if we were out and he treated someone who he doesn't know like shit, I'd be so turned off and I'd be like, we are not compatible. So you have to look at these deeper things outside of hobbies because compatibility doesn't mean we both like watching horror movies together. That's a cherry on the top. If that's what you like, I hate horror films, but love that for you. So another thing that I asked the listeners, you guys, my bands on my Instagram was... What are the things that you like fear about when it comes to dating when you're single? What are the things that you that might give you anxiety or that you fear? And there were so many common grounds. And I want you to see that this is something that people commonly feel. So when you're out there dating, putting yourself out there, going on dates, realize that the other person might be feeling the same way as well. Like we're all kind of a lot of people in the same pool. And it's just a common theme that goes down because I think there's a lot of expectations around how you should be on the first date. Like be chilled, be relaxed. Don't act so full on. Don't act this, don't act that. But I think a lot of people also are thinking that. So there might be these two people that are like, I want to be open. I want to be vulnerable. I want to talk about these things. But you both rock up as a version of yourself and think that you have to perform in a certain way. When I think that that actually takes away from the experience of the date, I think you could save so much time, as scary as it is, You save so much time just saying what it is that you feel, saying what it is that you actually mean, because that person might actually hear you and be like, oh my God, finally, finally. And for all the people that say, "Mm, that's a bit much, that's to you, it's, it's, it's a, they're redirecting you to another path. If someone says that what you have to say and what you believe in and what you want out of relationship is not right for them, that is a blessing because you're not wasting your time. We will waste so much of our own time and be feel so negative about a rejection 
when we could just look at it as this person has, you know, taught me something, I've learned something from them, I've become more confident just meeting people in general, learning to have conversations with people I've never met, but also understanding that them saying no is not shutting me down. It's saying that, no, you're not a match for me. It's not saying, no, you're not good enough. They're two completely separate things. And a lot of the fears is people saying, um, cause I, so my question actually was, um, for my single beans, do you ever feel anxious about dating? And if yes, what do you stress the most about? Actually, one person said, no, I don't because it's short King spring, which we love so much. <laughs> I don't feel anxious about dating because it's short king spring. <laughs> As in like there's a plethora of hot short kings to choose from. <laughs> Why would I be anxious? There's so many short kings at my disposal. So we love that. But for most of you, a lot of them were, they worry about never finding their person. Some people say, someone said not finding anyone and being 27, which is amazing because I look at, like I think about that and I think this age thing in our head, well, no matter what the age plays on, because I say 27 is extremely young, but it's it's not like this fear of where am I at in my life as far as the timeline with dating. It doesn't discriminate. People can feel that at a really young age and then they can feel it, you know, well later on in their life as well. So a, a big one was not feeling like they're good enough. And I think that comes down to possibly like not finding a match or feeling rejected. And it's just changing how you're approaching this experience of dating. A lot of this thing was that people were worried to show up as their honest self on a date and, you know, feeling like it's not going to be accepted. I want you to realize that you have to, so often we will present an edited version of ourselves in hopes that we are more liked than our true version of ourselves. But the only thing that achieves, let's say, let's say you pretend you're someone else, as in, you, you play it down. You don't ask these conversations. You pretend you want something casual. You pretend all these things, right? You tick all these person's boxes. You're like, see, I've presented myself as this perfect version in your eyes. And then they like that. But what are they liking? The version that's not you. So yeah, while it's pleasing in that moment being like, yes, they like it. Yes, I get a second date. Yes. But then they're like, but they don't actually know me. So now I've just wasted my time. Now I'm just in a situation where I have to now either not reveal this part of me until way later or reveal it and then feel rejected when in reality we were just not a good match to start with. So it's like you need to, it's this coming to terms with the fact that I either be honest and risk rejection but being honest and save time or I lie, possibly have more acceptance but waste my time. You're just, you putting over the not, putting out the non like authentic version of yourself is just delaying the inevitable. That is all it does. It delays the inevitable. The same thing goes when you date someone out of lust. You're delaying the inevitable. You've got to be like, I've got to be putting myself out there and being honest. I don't have to be aggressive. There's a difference between honesty and aggression. Aggression is where you're like so intense. What are your intentions? Tell me where you're trying to lock someone in before they even know who you are. That's aggressive. But to just take it easy but say what it is that you're here for, you just make it about you. You're not trying to control someone else's actions. You're just saying, you know, if you find, you know, if, if, if this goes on well, like you could say this in a first date, if we get along and if we end up going on a few dates or on the second date, whatever, and if you, and you know, and if, we, if things keep going well, the only thing I ask of you is that the moment if you feel that there's no future to this, you just let me know. That's it. That's it. 
Because that then avoids them thinking, oh, this is a situationship, I can drag it on. You've made it clear. You're like, I just want to be with someone who always sees a future. The moment that future is not there, let me know. So like, I don't know, I can't speak for the next 50 years of my life how things are going to go with Tyrone. But all I can say is that where I stand right now, I see my future with him. I can't confirm what's going to happen. I'm not going to stand at the altar and say, till death do us part, because I don't believe in that. That's bullshit. It's until we stop respecting each other. That's the vows you should be saying. It's all about when you stop respecting me or when I stop respecting you, we are both entitled. And not just respect. There's a million things that could break it up. But, you know, it comes down to this idea of I always want to be with someone who sees a future in me and vice versa from day one of dating or from 10 years into dating. It's all about this, I see you in my life journey. That's all you have to ask for someone. That's it. Or if you don't want, if you're just here for a good time, not a long time, make it clear. Just say, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. There's an expiry date on this, mate. Enjoy while you can. Um, Anyway, so let's get into the last part, which is the really fun part. Um, There's some great ones here. I actually asked you, to give me some hot tips for some great first date ideas um, that you can use over the holidays or midweek or whenever it is so you can make this time a good time to be alive and just have fun and enjoy it and not think, oh, I'm doing this dating thing where I'm sitting at a dinner, it's really awkward and then the bill comes and who's paying? We're here for a good time. Okay, so these are the top 30 fun ideas for a date from the beans. We've got number one, go to a rage room, you know, where you break plates and shit. Love that. Number two, mini golf. Someone said, I did this for a first date and then proceeded to date that guy for a few years. Good times. The other one is sunset drinks and a beach swim. That's epic. And then it shows we're here for fun. We're a bit, you know, carefree. I love that one. Number four, a walk. There's lots of talking, but you're not staring at each other face to face. So it's not so confrontational. That's a great one. Do you know a fun fact about walking? (laughs) This is not about humans, but when you want dogs to meet, you've got to, you actually, instead of getting them to meet face to face, you're supposed to get them to walk in the same direction and get closer and closer and closer. So maybe that's the same with humans and they're a lot calmer when they do it. So that's just apparently how we operate too. Walks are a great way to meet someone. I also believe. Number five, this one is elite. Grocery shopping together for snacks and drinks and then find a spot to sit, eat and chat. I love this one because before you get into the like, so what do you do with your life? Tell me about your family. You're actually learning how that person just interacts with daily day-to-day things. You're in a grocery shop, how they shop, what kind of cheese they like. Shit, like it's just fun ways to just learn the little nuances of someone's personality by doing something so basic yet fun like grocery shopping. I just loved that one. Um, Number six, going to a comedy club so you can suss out each other's humor. Great. Number seven, I thought this was like wild, but a few people said this, infrared sauna, and it was great. I love that. Number eight, paint and sip, because if it goes well, that you can keep a memory from your first date, the little canvas. That's epic. Number nine, the zoo. You're walking, seeing animals, all of that. Number 10, um, go for a drive and then have a swim at the beach. So the drive, you're chatting, whatever you're going around. I love that. Number 11, axe throwing or darts. Number 12, Walk a walk with their dogs. Someone brought their dogs on a first date and I've been with him for two years. I think dogs are like a big, like a big, like tick for a lot of people, but just make sure they like dogs. 
I mean, who doesn't like dogs, honestly? Um, number 13, flea markets. A flea market date. There's food, there's arts, there's good vibes. I agree. Markets are a great one. Food truck tour. Epic. So I'm guessing this is you're driving around to different food trucks. That's epic. Love that. Number 15, board game and wine. That's a great one. Doing board games and wines is so good because, again, you've got something else that you're focusing on and it's not so intense. Now, before I continue, we're halfway. I just want to say that sitting down and having a meal for your first date is perfectly fine. I did that with Tyrone. That was my first date. We went out for dinner. But it is a bit confrontational for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, that's a bit intense. And it's also, if you're someone that enjoys going on dates regularly, that could be exhausting as well or boring. So this is just a really good way to change up. It's not to say that you shouldn't go out for dinner with somebody, but I think this is a great way to break the ice and learn a lot about somebody without sitting across staring in each other's eyes while chewing on a steak, okay? Or if you're a vegetarian, whatever it is that you eat. Love you vegetarian beans. Okay, the 16, adult arcade. I think this is a really good one in Alexandria if you live in Sydney. Like this giant arcade place for adults. Awesome. Number 17. There were so many of these ones. I probably had like, I'm not exaggerating when I say maybe 30. Ice cream date. It's short, it's sweet, and it's cheap. So it's if it's a flop, nothing is lost. That's what someone says. So true. Um, dumplings market. I'm guessing this is like an Asian market where you get different, like different dumplings around. I love that. And if you live in Sydney, there's a place called like Spice Alley. And it's all these little different, different Asian cuisines from different countries around Asia and Southeast Asia. It's epic. So that would probably be a really cool date place because you just get a little bit from here, a little bit from there. You learn about each other's tastes. Um, live music gig. Good times. Do a conversation card game to prompt interesting answers. Um, someone's, <laughs> this is a great one. Someone said, once I did a paint your own dinosaur kit with wines and it was hilarious. <laughs> that is so good. I'm going to do that with Tyrone. You know, there's like, you buy those, like, I think they're made out of like, I don't know. What are they made? Like ceramic dinosaurs and you have to pay. Anyway, epic. Number 22, museum hopping with wines in between. Brilliant. Brilliant. Number 23, bouldering. That's extreme. I love it. Number 24, fish and chips at sunset, sitting in the park. That's beautiful. Number 25, cook a meal together. That is awesome. <laughs> Number 26, go full Patrick Swayze and do a pottery class. <laughs> but it's like, imagine you're doing a pottery class on your first date and someone's behind you intertwining their fingers in your fingers. I'm like, yes, please. Not the ghost part. The, the, yeah, anyway, go and watch Ghost the movie. Anyway, am I showing my age? 27, trivia night. This is great. This is great because I personally love trivia and I feel like when you do a trivia night, you pull your strengths together and you really come together as a team. Normally, you know, what one person's good at, the other person's good at other things and you can pull your knowledge. Uh, this one's a really fun one. 28, goat yoga. This is where you do yoga and a little baby goat is jumping on your back. So <laughs> if there's goat yoga in your neighborhood, hit it up. Number 29, this one I don't quite understand, but I'm here for. Someone just said, throw a frisbee. That was it. So then I'm just thinking, so you toss a Frisbee and you're like, we'll see you here next week and then leave. Is it like a Frisbee tossing competition? I don't know. But please, if you do a throw Frisbee comp with your first date, please message me and let me know how it goes. Film it. Live stream it. 
all the above. And then number 30, walk through Target or Costco and chat about what you like and don't like in the store. <laughs> that is iconic. I just, I want to do that now. I'm going to say, Tyrone, can we just do speed dating so I can go on all these random dates and do these things? Like, this is so fun. Oh, if you guys are single, if that, I want someone who's single. You know what? Let's run, let's do something fun. Someone who's single, who loves to go on dates for lols, DM me and, and I want to do like a, what do you call it? A scavenger hunt of dates. Imagine, we'll do a scavenger hunt of beans on dates and we have to tick them off. Maybe we could get into like teams and the first team to tick off all 30 will win some mystery prize. Thoughts on this? I think this, we could actually make this happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to organize it. Well, I'll, I'll get I'll get Elise and, and Shania to organize it because you know what I'm like. Anyway, so these are great. These are fucking great. And and notice how a lot of these are heavily based on activities which require interaction, which I'm very, very fond of because it gets you learning about who they are, but also how they approach things in life, how they approach new things, how they approach, you know, trying something. Um, can they laugh at themselves? Are they able to just have a good time and be spontaneous? All these things are learnt when you're doing these activities. A lot of people who are really good at talking themselves up and talking shit, you might not learn that about them on a dinner date, but you'd learn a lot about a spontaneous activity that you're doing together, especially if you throw a Frisbee and then leave. So much to learn there. I think that to wrap up this episode, there's so much, so many gold nuggets here, especially with all those dates ideas. Love them. I just want you to take away with you that instead of thinking about falling in love from the get-go, I want you to think about who is a good match? Who can I do life with? Okay. What's going to make for a really great story as far as, yeah, okay, it could be comical as well. And then you only go on one day, but what's going to ultimately enrich my life, whether it be a long-term thing or whether it's a short-term thing, it's never a waste of time. If you can have a memory from that night or that month that you dated this person, I've had amazing conversations with people who have only ever met once. I've gone on dates with people who are from another country and we've had like one really fun night. And then I never ever saw them again. And it was still so fun. And I, you know, you can have great memories. You know, there are people that will walk into your life that are there for one day or one month or one year, you know, but as long as you're always honest with them and they can be honest with you. And as long as you're honest with yourself, it's never a waste. It's never, there's always something you can take away with you from an encounter. So if you're someone who's like, Oh, I hate dating. How can you turn that around? And think, I'm going to make this fun. I'm going to do Alexis's scavenger hunt of 30 dates in 30 days. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be in 30 days. Take your time. Take your time. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have fun. And weirdly enough, you're probably going to find that if you're someone that is looking for a relationship, when you turn the focus on I'm here to have fun, not fix it on I'm fine, that fucking person, then... Because you've got this relaxed, fun energy, you'll find that you'll start attracting more and more people who want that version of you. Imagine if you entered the dating scene being like, no, 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 I've got 30 dates to tick off and I'm here to really have fun. I'm here for the stories. I'm here for the interactions. I'm here for the hilarious conversations. I'm here to embarrass myself. I am here for it all this summer. It's going to be a vibe. 
Imagine what would come if that was your, if that's how you approach it. Imagine the fun people you could meet. I think it'd just be just unbelievable. I actually had a, a good friend of mine and she had this anonymous um, blog that she did called 52 First Dates, where she'd go on these dates and anonymously write about them. And because she was so fixated on like <laughs> these new dates and going on it, she wasn't, because normally she'd fixate on this one person and like, oh, they're calling me the messenger. So it wasn't really working. Then she started just having fun with it. And by the 10th date, she ended up finding someone who she dated for years. So I think when you relax and you let go, it it brings to you the people that you want to interact with. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you got a lot out of it. Whether you're already in a relationship, whether you're single, whether you want to find your person, whether you're just here for a good time, there's so much that you guys can do with all these 30 date ideas. But remember, compatibility, finding your person, having fun, all these things. It's not about lust. It's not, oh, love will conquer all. It's all about let's let's meet people. Let's get out there. Let's do this shit. Let's... What's the funny one? Let's let's go full Patrick Swayze on a pot, okay? So, um, yeah, good times. Send me your stories. Send me your date stories. And maybe we'll start this whole single thing in the Facebook page, possibly. I'll talk to Elise after. <laughs> Elise is the president of the 30-date scavenger hunt. Okay, that's your new title. <laughs> She's got a big smile on her face. She can't wait. Um, cool. Love you guys so much. And please share these date stories with me. I can't wait to hear them all. So also a really big thanks to Bumble for working with me on this episode. I think it's just a great topic to talk about. And it's something that I think is a common theme for all of us. So yeah, good times. As always, remember, be kind to yourself. Be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone. And especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke. Listener.